everybody. <clears throat> Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I am Dude Drop and Drag, Daniel Hummer. <laughs> and I'm here with uh, both Bashams, Doug. Yo. And uh, Cliff is here. Cliff, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, we're here for a very special episode. Uh, this is Doug's idea. We're going to be rebooking matches from the past. And we're rebooking angles. Uh, we're going to be re- rebooking old angles. Uh, I got to change the title. Yeah. <laughs> now, we're not rebooking Kurt Angle. Well, no, well, maybe. maybe. You never know. But we're going to be taking, like, old storylines and angles from whatever genre. Even if it was – even if you want to do the bloodline, you can. Any – all time, whatever. Uh, we know what you're standing up for, the NWO. Right. And uh, we'll get into all that. But – we're going to be rebooking those just thought things that we thought, even if other people thought they were great and, and it was fine. But I think at least I know me and Doug, we're going to things that people kind of shit on and trying to fix them. Uh, I, I believe Clinton is too, right? Uh, yeah. Clinton is uh choice was actually something that everybody thought was going to happen, but it was changed like last minute. Right. And I'll let them uh, announce it soon, but yeah. We're rebooking old storylines. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're basically going to go in, go through the matches, how we would do differently if we would change a winner or a loser. Just everything around the angle and storyline, we're going to restructure here and see if we can make it better. Yeah. And uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll start with you, Doug. I already kind of gave a preview, but uh, what are you going to be rebooking today? So we're going to go back and we're going to kind of rebook how the NWO should have been booked. After Starcade 97. And when I say should have been booked, like a lot of people, I think, because a lot of people say that the NWO product, you know, should have ended a lot sooner than what it did. Because mm-hmm. it was losing steam. And I think a lot of people were expecting the NWO to lose to lo- or to break up or be done with after Starcade. Yeah. And I think because, uh, they thought that that's when Hogan's just like, oh, no, oh, no, brother, it's not going to happen. Like, that's why Hogan politicked to try to keep the belt on himself after Starcade. Like, yeah. That and Bischoff had even said, because Bischoff uh, had been sticking up for Hulk for years, except for in the A&E special when he threw Hogan under the bus. Uh, maybe he didn't think Hulk was going to watch it. But, like during like podcasts and stuff, like he kept sticking up for Hulk and that's usually what you do when, you know, uh, when you want to blow blow the guy. So like, uh, like he had said that Hulk, because Sting was paranoid, not necessarily paranoid, but Sting knew Hulk was going to pull crap and was going to double cross him and not want to put him over. Yeah. Because Sting had no faith in Hogan, that's when Hogan decided, okay, well, I'm not going to put him over. So Hulk being the biggest dumb fuck in the history of dumb fucks that he is, he decided, you know, he's just like, oh, well, he has no faith in me, so why should I put him over? To put the faith back in him, you stupid, bald-headed, flu-manchued fuck. Yeah. Uh but so basically what we're going to do is we're going to go back and everybody remembers the Starcade finish, which 
was supposed to be a fast count, but it was Nick Patrick with a slow count, uh, which we don't know if it was Hogan that told him to do it, Bischoff that told him to do it, whatever. Yeah. Bischoff tried to uh, salvage the finish by having Bret Hart go out there, which Hogan apparently knew nothing about. Uh, I mean, to be honest with you, like, Bischoff knew he was going to get the knew he was going to end the NWO because Hogan actually was rumored to be heading over to Vince. Right. But those talks fell through once Hogan realized that he was just going to be used to put over Steve Austin. Yeah. So, a Hulk was What's like, going to happen? What's huh? going to happen, brother? Yeah, it doesn't work for me, brother. So that's what you're going to be rebooking. That's what I'm going to be rebooking. Okay. So, you want me to do it or are we going into what? No, no, we're going to introduce everybody's and then we will start with yours though okay uh Clinton, what are you going to be doing I, I want to rebook the whole sasha and charlotte storyline i think the 2016 from, deal right yeah the 26 deal when he wanted to play hot potato with the title okay. which gave charlotte and sasha so many unnecessary title reigns Right. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a fun one. And I am going to be rebooking something that's very controversial, but something that I think could be done way better and something that people – it started out really great, but people kind of thought that it got floundered a little bit. I'm going to be doing the Summer of Punk. I was joking. Uh, He's just trying to keep us guessing here. CM Punk and his reign, basically, right after the pipe bomb and after my, because I'm going to keep a lot of money in the bank the same because that was pretty perfect. Yeah. And then I'm going to go from there because I think it got kind of fumbled and politics and bullshit got in the way. What's up, brother? So you're talking about, you're not doing the AEW, you're talking about the WWE version, right? Yes, I'm not talking about e- okay. I'm not talking about the discount version. Okay. I know Eric's somewhere punching a wall, but yeah, well, actually, well, he might—he might, he might not even be awake. Right the now. Two different companies. So I want to make sure we're on the same page here. So. No, you're no, you are right. They, they are two, and he did do it uh, both times. But I'm talking about the one that was over. Right. <laughs> Uh, and, and then, but that one got screwed up. And yes, AEW got screwed up. Maybe I could do that on another episode. Yeah. Because that's the one that could then handle Tony. But I don't know if I have the booking skills to make that locker room not act like little bitches. Right. So, uh, but I don't know why we're all fierce tonight, but. I don't know. Uh, I get ready to go see a first correction movie. I think it might be. The Machine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this is going to be a lot of fun. We are going to start with you in the NWO, Doug, because you've been brewing this. This was your idea from the start. This is what you wanted to do, the NWO. Yeah. Uh, this is something that got kind of, you know, not even kind of. That, this got screwed up in real life. Yeah. Where and, do you start? Where's your starting point? All right. So I, I feel like I should start at World War Three. Even though, like, if Scott Hall doesn't win World War III, then you really don't get, like, his momentum built up and the whole thing with him and Larry Zabisco. Larry Zabisco's 
push. I mean, I'm sure they still do the Larry Zabisco, Eric Bischoff. Yeah, Larry's punt. Larry's push. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like Zabisco and Bischoff would have happened. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like that if Scott Hall didn't win World War Three, then uh, we wouldn't, you know, a lot of the stuff that happened probably would not have happened. He wouldn't have been such a prominent part. Yes. But I do have a different winner for World War Three. Oh, cool. And just, we are going to interject and ask questions, too, so it's not just one of us going off for a half. Yeah. But... What do you, uh, who's winning World War Three? Bret Hart. Oh, shit. Okay. You bring him in. Kevin Nash no-shows World War Three in 1997 because he technically, shut up. He technically was not ready yet to, uh, to wrestle because he had arthroscopic knee surgery. His knees were actually, like, shit. How long is World War Three after Starcade? World War Three is before Starcade. So you're going to have – but Bret Hart wasn't wrestling yet, right? No, Bret Hart had – they announced that he was coming in. Oh, so you – So okay. we're bringing Bret in as a surprise as the guy replacing Kevin Nash in the match. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I'm switching reality too because I'm giving some people with injuries non-injuries. So. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do, do the same thing in a little bit. Yeah, you can do that. Okay. Bret Hart comes in. They think he's going to be a member of the NWO. He actually acts. And not necessarily actually because he's a member of the NWO, but Hogan thinks he's going to be. So they make sure he beats the Giant and wins World War Three. Okay? Oh, that is cool. All right. So he wins World War Three. He's going to get the title shot at Super Brawl. Scott Hall ends up not winning World War Three because of Larry Zbyszko. Yeah. Okay. So we'll interject that. But Bret Hart wins it. And then they kind of go through, they have this tirade, you know, but Brett, you know, says, hey, I'm going to go, you know, it comes out next night on Nitro, cuts a promo and says, you know, I'm going to go, I have to be ready for this. I have to be ready for, for Super Bowl. So he's like, I'm going to go and I'm, I'm going to train. But then it's so like NWO goes on a tear for the next couple of weeks. Sting makes his return on the December 8th Nitro, which was held in Buffalo, New York. I'm not changing any of that. And we are going to do the uh, Eric Bischoff-Larry Zabisco match, but with a twist. It's going to be a tag team match. Scott Hall was pissed off at Larry Zabisco. So Scott Hall and Eric Bischoff are going to team against Larry Zabisco and a partner of Larry's choosing. So now, you know, Starkey converts December 15th. Larry's still not giving up who his partner Larry's not giving up who his partner is until December 15th. Bischoff, you know, is bitching about it. He's like, I want to know who the partner is. I want to know who the partner is. Uh, and, but on December 15th, he's like, but I also want a referee. J.J. Dillon comes out, names Bret Hart the referee. Oh, shit. So we're still going to do – so it's the way it was. But Larry Zabisco was still not uh, – Larry Zabisco is still not saying who his partner is. Fast forward, we get to Starcade, we get to the match. Uh, and 
at uh, at Starcade, Bret Hart comes out, have all Eric Bischoff come out, Zabisco comes out, no partner. Yeah. So they go, they have what is a handicap match, or like they wrestle the first few minutes of a handicap match. Uh, Brett says to Larry, he, er, Larry just looks at Brett and says, I can't do this anymore. Er, it looks like he's going to give up because I can't do this anymore. And, uh, my partner, my partner is here. Yeah. And Brett goes, okay. Yeah. Brett turns around, decks Scott Hall. It's revealed that Brett was actually the partner. Oh, shit. All right. So the guy that was picked as the referee yeah. is actually Larry Zabisco's mystery partner. Oh, that's dope. So... Uh, so then they win the match. Nitro stays the same. We get to Hogan and Sting. Now, earlier in the night, because, you know, Hogan wanted extra insurance uh, because he didn't like the fact that Nick Patrick was going to be the referee, so he petitioned him and Bishop both before Bishop got his ass kicked. They petitioned that NWO, that Hogan gets to have a special enforcer, an NWO special enforcer on the outside. Okay. J.J. Dillon said, okay, if that's going to happen for the NWO, we're going to have one for WCW. Keep it even. Yeah. Uh, now, this is the Super Brawl match. No, this is, this is still starting. Okay. World title on the line. Your NWO enforcer is Macho Man. Now, Clintus might actually know like where I'm taking this from because they kind of did this in 98 in a tag title match with the New Age Outlaws in WWF in a, in a tag title match with the New Age Outlaws versus Undertaker versus Kane and Mankind for the tag types. Yeah. Austin and Undertaker were the outside enforcers. Yeah. Along with the referee. So Macho yeah. Man is Hogan's enforcer. Scott Steiner is Stank. Scott Steiner was pinned by Randy Savage earlier in the night. Scott Steiner comes up. Or so anyway, so Scott Steiner prevents Savage from interfering. He gets in the ring. Nick Patrick had been lev- had been leveled. He doesn't know what's going on. Sting has the scorpion on Hogan. Scott kicks Sting, hooks him, hits his double underhook power bomb. We get Scott Steiner's heel turn two pay-per-views early. Hogan goes for the leg drop. We're about ready to get the one. Or Nick Patrick comes in not knowing what's going on, so he's counting. One, two. Brad Hart comes in, stops Nick Patrick's hand from hitting the mat. Nick Patrick doesn't know what to do. Brad Hart knocks Steiner out of the ring. Savage has no idea what's going on because he didn't know that Scott Steiner was going to join. And then we get... Uh, and then Bret Hart just kind of scares Hogan. Nick Patrick's just like, what do I do? What do I do? Hogan's saying, no, DQ, DQ. He's going to interfere. He walks up. He walks into Sting. Sting Scorpion's, Scorpion death drops him, locks him in the Scorpion. Hogan taps out. We get a champion. Oh, shit. All right. No fuck finish. No. A convoluted kind of finish. But not fuck. But not fuck. Next night on Nitro, Hogan and Bischoff come out and say they got robbed. They want a rematch. J.J. Dillon comes out and says, all right, fine, you can have it. But uh, if 
Hogan loses, he can't have another title shot while staying as champion. So what happens is they go out, they have the match, now the ref bump. Scott Hall comes out. Or actually, no, not Scott Hall. I had this. uh, Randy Savage comes out. Oh, shit. Randy Savage comes out, grabs the world title, goes to hit Hogan with it. Uh, or goes to hit, I mean, Sting with it. Sting ducks. Hogan gets hit. Kevin Nash comes out. Scott Thunder comes out. They're upset. They're going after Randy. They're like, what the hell are you doing? What the hell are you doing? Scott Hall and Kurt Henning come out and get in their faces. So we get kind of a pull apart. Or not a pull apart, but everybody's kind of arguing. Sting, by the way, covers Hogan, gets the win. Fast forward next week on Nitro, they're in Atlanta. The two limos pull up, which actually this did happen on January 5th, 1998. Okay. Where the two limos were Hogan, Nash, Bagwell, Norton, K-Dog, Vincent, and I believe I said Hogan. And we're going to add Scott Steiner into this. The other limo, Savage, Hall, Henning, Rude, Elizabeth, and Bischoff. So it looks like they're having problems. Yeah. Savage wrestles Luger in the main event. Uh, and Luger beats Savage in the main Savage goes nuts. Savage goes nuts, and uh, he goes to hit Luger with a chair. Kevin Nash comes out, because the original finish saw Bischoff try to pull the chair away from Savage, because WCW and NWO were both warned earlier in the night that if they get too outrageous, they're going to start getting fined. Yeah. So uh, by a WCW lawyer by the name of Nick Lambros, who probably, if he wanted to, could audition for Kermit the Frog and get the part. <laughs> the voice. Yeah. Right? So, uh, but we're going to have Nash come out this time, grab the chair from Savage. Savage is going to go to hit him. Nash gloms him with the chair. Oh. Okay? Scott Hall and uh, Scott Hall and Kurt Henning come out because Savage is their guy, right? Bischoff comes out. And then the other members of the NWO come out. Scott Steiner and Kurt Henning start to get into it. Uh, And then uh, Hall and Nash are kind of shoving back and forth. Hogan's coming out. He doesn't know what to do. Hogan actually picks up Savage and is going to hit him. Bischoff stops him. And then Hogan turns around and nails Bischoff. So what Savage did to Bischoff originally on that episode, we're going to turn around. We're going to have Hogan do it. Oh, that's right. badass. So then we're going to kind of go around. Hogan's going to be upset. Debut episode of Thunder. Uh, still, you know, some pushing and shoving or whatever. Yeah. The next week on Nitro, on January the 12th, Scott Steiner versus Rick Steiner, winner controls the, the WCW tag titles. Right? Originally it was Hall and Nash versus the Steiners, and the Outsiders won the belts back. But since Scott's already heel. We're going to go Rick versus Scott for, to see who controls the belts. 
Scott kind of has it well in hand. Buff Bagwell comes out. You know, they do the two sweet because it looks like Buff's going to be his partner. Kurt Henning comes out. Uh, and Kurt Henning and Scott Steiner, you know, everybody kind of made amends. Or it looked like they were kind of making amends like earlier in the night. Hogan said, look, let's forget all about it. Dad said, screw all of you. He wanted a shot at Nash. Hall and Henning are like, you know what? We'll kind of play ball. Kurt Henning comes out, grabs the tag title, and while Scott has Rick in the Steiner recliner, Kurt Henning, or, and by the way, the referee is distracted by Ray Trailer taking a couple of chunks out of Buff Bagwell's ass. Uh, Kurt Henning cracks Scott Steiner in the back of the head with the tag title belt. Rick Steiner wins. Kurt Henning rips off the NWO shirt, throws it in Hogan's face, because Hogan comes out and has no idea what the hell is going on. Throws it in Hogan's face. Rick Steiner hands Kurt Henning the, uh, the world tag team title belt. Kurt Henning is going to be Rick Steiner's new partner. Oh, that's badass. Now, Savage and Nash continue to have their issues. Hall is in the middle. Hall is boys with Savage, but he's also Nash's longtime friend. So now we are getting to Kurt Henning has already left. And uh, he's jumped ship. Him and Rick Rude both. Uh, well, Rick Rude actually, like earlier in the night, he's just like, I've had enough of this. I'm going back to Vince. And he leaves and he goes back and rejoins DX in the in the WWF. Yeah. Okay. Or that's how I would book it. Like I would book it and he'd be oh, like, "Fucking, I'm done." So now the first ever three hour episode of Nitro. We still do the thing where Nash takes out the giant because uh, he wanted to win via Jackknife powerbomb, even though he knew he couldn't lift the giant's fat ass. Uh, but now it's just like, all right, we got other fish to fry. I want a, I want a piece of Savage, uh, and, you know, I want him. And, Scott, we need to know where your loyalties lie. Nash and Savage is the main event. Hogan comes out, kind of causes a DQ. You know, they're all ganging up on Savage. Uh, Kurt Henning and Rick Steiner and Sting and Luger try to, you know, come out, and they kind of fend everybody off. Scott Hall gets in the ring, kind of stands side by side with Hogan and the rest of them. Yeah. Scott Hall turns around and decks. He turns babyface? He turns babyface and he decks. That's badass. Scott, uh, and he decks Kevin Nash. Okay. All right. So now it's made official, like, uh, so now... They're going to make it official for Super Brawl. It's not going to be Sting and Hogan three for the world title. Instead, we're going to get a big match. Hogan, Nash, Scott Steiner. uh, Hogan, Nash, Scott Steiner, Buff Bagwell versus Hall, Steiner, Kevin, or uh, Hall, Rick Steiner, uh, Hall, Rick Steiner, Kurt Henning, and the Macho Man. Oh, shit. Right. Or, you know, we'll put in, even though I can't stand it, we'll put in the debuting Brian Adams. 
uh, on the NWO side, and we'll put in Luger on the other side just so, like, kind of make it like a 10 on 10. Yeah. Because it's going to be Brett and Sting in the main event. Yeah. Remember, Brett won World War Three. We have this 10-man tag, and J.J. Dillon says, Hogan, if your team loses, the NWO – well, no. Bischoff says – because uh, Bischoff agrees to it, says – NWO will, will disband if Hogan and them lose. Yeah. So now it's all uh, thinking that, you know, there's going to be a swerve or whatever because you can't trust Bischoff. AJ Dillon's just like, oh, God. Uh, and then they put Nitro back up on the line. Oh, shit. All right. Well, it looked like during the match that Scott Hall was going to – Scott Hall and Rick Steiner were having problems and Macho Man and Luger were having problems. Yeah, and Kurt Henning said, "Screw this! Like I can't, I don't know what to do." So it looks like he's getting ready. He goes to leave, but then him and Brian Adams kind of fight to the back, yeah, or whatever. So Kevin Nash goes to Jackknife Rick Steiner. Jackknife is, by the way, is illegal. He goes to Jackknife Rick Steiner. Scott Hall takes the can of spray paint and gets Big Kevin the eyes. Oh, shit. Luger racks him. Luger racks him. Nash, unfortunately, has to give up. NWO disbanded. They, it ended Super Brawl. Oh. Okay. And it ended at the hands of three of their main members, Kurt Henning, Scott Hall, the Macho Man Randy Savage and Bischoff had something to do with it. Because Bischoff comes in, uh, Bischoff comes in and says, NWO is done. It's all done. And he sides with uh, Savage, Hall, and Henning. And actually, uh, you know, shakes hands with baby. So, basically, it's a, heel, it's a baby face turn for Bischoff, Henning, Savage, and Hall. So, you you end the NWO by having those three guys, who, by the way, are three of the closest friends. Kurt Henning and Randy Savage are Scott Hall's closest friends besides Kevin Nash and the rest of the members of the clique. Yeah. That's how, that's how you end that. That's badass. Yeah. I like that pitch. I think that totally fixes it. And it's a good way to end it on not on a sour note. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You don't have to split everything up. You just have those guys, just, everybody just go their separate ways. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. Thank you. What do you think, Quinn? I like it. Interesting. Uh, like the first thing for Bret Hart and all. Um, turn. Yeah, like it would in World War Three. Yeah. You incorporated everybody well. Yeah, I tried. I mean, like, there was a few things, because I didn't want to go, like, even though I think I just did, like, 20 minutes. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I didn't want to go, like, too long, because there's so much that, like, you could, but I hit the the important breaking points. Yeah. Which were World War Three, Starcade, uh, the tag titles, and, you know, and obviously Super Brawl, because I think Super Brawl, like, I know Bischoff says that his, like, 
his most important events were Halloween Havoc and Bash at the Beach. But I don't think you should really drag it out for that long. Yeah. Because uh, I do think they were on, they had something cool with Goldberg. They had something cool with DDP. Uh, so you push those guys and you just kind of, you end. Because like the NWO, yeah, they were still kind of going strong, but. Like, it, it, this would have been the perfect time to end it. And Super Brawl, I think, would have been the best pay-per-view to end it at. Either that or, like, if you want to drag it out for another month and end it at uncensored and make the match, like, no DQ or whatever. Yeah, then that's what you can do. Yeah. Yeah, no, But I think Super Brawl was the right. Super Brawl would have been the right time. I agree. All right, Clinton, you want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Now, we all know back in... We all know, I I, I call this around 2015, they introduced the Women's Championship down at WrestleMania 32. Charlotte goes in WrestleMania 32 and at the Divas Champion and gets... wins the Women's Championship. The Sasha is on like uh, on the background, but makes a way back to the title picture, going in to battleground, where you have Sasha and the mystery partner going against Charlotte and Dana Brooke. We all know that at battleground, it barely shows up to be Sasha's partner, and Sasha cash out. <laughs> Charlotte for the win. The following night after the um doing the brand split um the first raw the brand split. Nick Foley introduces um announces going to be a raw winning title match between making Charlotte defend her title against Sasha Banks. Here's what I I will keep Sasha beating Charlotte here because in the NFT, Charlotte never really beat Sasha. So I, 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 but going into SummerSlam, this is where I went wrong. I will allow Sasha to also keep win, win the match here. Because originally, going through, we had Charlotte won, won at SummerSlam, but the following night on Raw, Sasha won it back. So you would do, you would still do the title will, change at SummerSlam, but then I will not uh, Sasha just win it back? I will do this, uh, no, I would not have Charlotte win it back at SummerSlam. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'll like, have the rematch at Clash of the Champions. I, I will give you the rematch at Clash of the Champions. We'll have the rematch there. The right way. We have the rematch, but in this case, what happens in the rematch at Clash of Champions, I will have Bailey in Sasha's corner and allowing Darren Brooke to be on and um, Charlotte, which will cause tensions between starting tensions between Dana and Charlotte altogether. 
because here's where I'll say Sasha gets the win at Clash of the Champions again due to Dana Brooks interference. Thinking that she's going to help him Charlotte out because he saw how testy she was doing, doing the build-up, how she's causing losing that. She's trying to prove herself. This time it's over. She calls Charlotte the title, which goes into the fall and night on Raw. We all know that Bailey, Bailey's now in the main stay and she wants into the title picture. But now that Charlotte's not the champion, she's not really pushing to face Sasha right then and there. So I like that. Bailey's more like Yeah. So I'll I'll use Bailey as more as a equalizer to Dana Brooks situation. As revenge, Dana Brooks uh, goes to Charlotte to fall in that loss and they're saying that she thinks that she can outstage her and challenge Sasha to a, a match for the Raw Women's Championship. And she invites Charlotte down on commentary so she can watch her win the Raw, watch her so-called win the Raw Women's Championship right there. And during the match, Charlotte um, gets upset, winds up costing Dana Brooks the match. So, uh, Dana Brooks the match. I think this is going to lead to these two arguments saying that one of them should be rightful, have the right to challenge Sasha for a match. Charlotte wants to think that she's better than Charlotte, oh, than Sasha Banks. Dana thinking that she's better than Charlotte because Charlotte lost two times already and she hasn't had a fair opportunity. Hmm. Bailey comes out sitting there saying that it's we're getting tired of seeing you two going at against my best friend. I would like a shot at my best friend. Sasha lays down the challenge, sitting there saying, well, why don't you three all face each other in a triple threat match the following, the following episode of Raw, and the winner will face me inside Hell in a Cell. And then following them all next fall for the year. I will allow Charlotte to win that match there. But I'll think this is Charlotte will following like get the steam blown off with Dana Brooks. Bailey gets a pinfall loss. Charlotte tap out Bailey. The stage is set for Hell in a Cell. This is where I will give Charlotte the match. I will, I will give Charlotte still the win here. I'll allow Charlotte to win the title back finally at Hell in a Cell. Because in that match, there was a lot of bumps and bruises. I was surprised that Sasha even finished the match the way it was. <laughs> Especially how she fell off the side of the cage the first time around. So I will allow Charlotte to finally win the title back there. No more hot potato, no more defending in the middle of this wobble, and then we go down and we finally finish it off with who's going to be the better champ in the 30-minute Iron Man match. This time, Charlotte's the champion, Sasha's the challenger. Last time, 
30 minutes. And I will give the match to Charlotte Flair. That's how I will book, book it. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it gives Sasha like a couple month run with the title, which is probably what she should have had. Yeah. I think that totally fixes that, too. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. I'm watching this now, I'm like, it really doesn't make sense. She went, they wanted to keep Charlotte undefeated pay-per-view. I'm like, for what? She's already like 12 and 0 in these pay-per-view so far. She wasn't going to, like, it was no major, like, superstar. But it's not like the Undertaker's 20 and 0 record in WrestleMania. This is a pay-per-view record. You won't have to lose eventually. And her singles record, yeah, it was impressive, but it got to go. There you found a way, you found a way to break it down. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. it also gives Dana Brooke and, and, and Bailey some more backstory than her. You know, Bailey's not like a sidekick, in the, and Dana's more like a not much of a pushover as she was when she was with Charlotte this whole time. Yeah, definitely. I think it definitely uh, builds up Dana and Bailey a lot more and also gives Sasha a lot more credibility. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's the thing is that like you know when they originally did that, it was because she was a victim of some spotty booking because of that, right? And it was spotty booking, and I don't necessarily know what it was. I don't know if it's. I mean, I know people are gonna blame uh, the nature prick, but I I don't necessarily think it was him. I think it was Vince seeing Sasha. Uh. And not necessarily believing in her. And also kind of hearing that there were some people out there that were very critical of Sasha in the beginning. Mainly a man who, he wasn't back to sucking Vince's dick yet. But he had stuck Vince's dick for a long time, and that's Bruce Pritchard. In Bruce's first episode of Something to Wrestle With, Bruce criticized Sasha Banks. Really? Yeah. Well, he's a dipshit. And what's actually funny is uh, I went on Twitter right after I heard that, and I said, what the hell do you know about talent? You haven't worked for WWE in almost eight years, so you don't even suck Vince's dick anymore. You told him. Yeah. And then he went on, and he's just like, I got, because apparently I was not the only one, but a lot of people were going on Twitter and roasting him. So he's like, all right, I guess I guess I have to start being nice to Sasha Banks now. Absolutely. Was this on his podcast or like a very special podcast? It was the very first episode of something to wrestle with. Like it was on a net, on a network. No, it's not, it's not on the network, Clint. It's his regular podcast. Oh, okay. I know you had like the whole series on the network before, so yeah, yeah. No, this was uh, back when they were on MLW Radio. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. All right, that was a damn good pitch, Clintus. Yeah. Uh, 
good rebooking. Uh, I'll get into the summer of punk then. Now, I'm actually going to stretch this out and kind of make this run to, like, Survivor Series. Okay. It's not just the summer, but it's basically how punk should have been handled in my eyes. The only thing I change at Money in the Bank is that the whole Christian and Randy thing kind of get situated, and that feud kind of ends. Right. And uh, John Morrison does not have a neck injury. He's in the Money in the Bank. He wins. Uh, So that's your Money in the Bank winner, John Morrison. But Money in the Bank, the main event goes exactly the same. He wins the raw Money in the Bank. He wins the raw Money in the Bank. The Daniel Bryan still win the SmackDown. Yeah, that has no bearing. I'm not really worried about SmackDown. Okay. I'm actually kind of fucking SmackDown by taking Randy away. (laughs) But it's all for the story of the Summer of Punk. Okay. And Raw was the big show around this time. No one gave a shit about SmackDown. Uh, well, Randy and Christian was also the SmackDown program. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm taking away from... I'm just saying that I'm going to bring Randy into my thing. So okay. I need that to be situated so they don't run all the way. So Christian gets the belt back from Randy? Yeah. Okay. Christian wins the title at Money in the Bank. Okay. And it's not by a DQ bullshit. He wins clean. Okay, I'm just I'm trying to follow here. No, I know. I'm trying to answer your question. Uh, but he, that that's what happens. And, and it can go through SummerSlam, but it, it can't be. It 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 can't be as brutal as it was. That storyline has to kind of lack a little bit for for this one to work. Okay. So. And it can still kind of go the same, but. It needs to be kind of situated and done by SummerSlam, which it kind of is. Uh, at Money in the Bank, though, the main event goes exactly the same. CM Punk beats John Cena. Uh, John Cena gets fired at the end, and he is therefore off television for a while. Uh-huh. He get, he actually gets fired, not in real life, but storyline-wise. He doesn't show up the next night. Uh, but Punk does show up the next night. Vince McMahon is in the ring at the end of the night, the next night on Raw, and he's talking about how uh, we need a champion. Cena wasn't enough, obviously, and that other guy's not coming back. We need a champion. We need a champion. And then Cult of Personality hits, and he comes out, and uh, he says, you have a champion. He says, I'll, cu- I'll sign the contract, but I got to make a few demands. And uh, he basically said, Vince McMahon can't pick the opponent for uh, SummerSlam. It's whoever he wants to go against. Okay. Now, when this happens, John Morrison's music plays. John Morrison says, I'm the Money in the Bank winner. You and me have unfinished business. Uh, They're both good guys. They're both babyface. He's like, but let's put on a hell of a show. I want to cash this in the right way. I don't want to be sneaky about this. And you and me at SummerSlam, let's do it. And Vince McMahon's kind of against it. He's like, no, nah, I think I can come up with somebody else. But since it's Morrison's right and Punk said, hell yeah, let's do it. Uh, that's what that's our SummerSlam main event. Okay. So we're going to get a build to Morrison and him. Triple H is going to be in the background, and Triple H is still going to be the special referee at SummerSlam. And the whole angle is he's going to be like, dude, I'm not Vince, and I'm not going to screw you over. That's basically his thing. Vince doesn't want CM Punk to be champion still, but Triple H isn't as against CM Punk. Okay. He kind of supports him. Uh, 
uh, Del Rio is nowhere to be found in the storyline because he kind of fucked up the original one. We go to SummerSlam. We we just promo, promo, promo. Morrison and Punk at the main event of SummerSlam. Big match. These two have history. Uh, they they fucking blow the house down. Thirty minute match. Awesome. CM Punk wins. The cr- the crowd's going nuts. But right as this happens, no chance in hell plays. Vince McMahon comes out. And he said, do you really think I was going to let all this happen and you're going to take my company away from me? He said, this idiot might have done money in the bank the right way. But you guys don't get to fucking, you guys, this is my company. So I'm going to have a title match right now that I announce and I don't need a money in the bank to do it. And he says, and my guy is finally going to win the world title from you and put you to rest, punk. And then John Cena's music plays. Cue a John Cena heel turn. He comes out all serious face, and he looks pissed. They're all th- John Morrison's in the ring confused. Punk's in the ring confused, and so is Triple H. And Triple H slowly walks away, grabs a sl- sledgehammer, and fucking jabs Punk from behind. Right? Okay. So he beats the shit out of Punk. Morrison's just kind of sitting there. Morrison starts fighting with Triple H. And then out of nowhere, Randy Orton comes out from the crowd and then hits Morrison with an RKO and then punts Punk while he's on the ground. Randy Orton's now on the Raw brand. Okay. He switched over. The, the whole part of this is that Vince can do whatever he wants. It's his company. He makes the fucking rules. So he says, Randy's on Raw now, and Cena gets this match. Cena obviously gets him with one attitude adjustment, but then he picks him up again and gives him a go to sleep. And Cena wins the world title. And that's how we end SummerSlam, instead of the Del Rio bullshit. Okay. Now, the next night on Raw, we have the formation of a new three-man stable with Triple H, Randy Orton, and John Cena called the Top Guys. And Vince is with them. And they're full-on heel. And they're like, this is how wrestling should be. We are going to force this down your throat. And this guy that you love and you want and you fucking grew up watching on YouTube like stupid nerds, he's not going to be anything and we're going to make sure of it. And there's nobody in his corner. When he says nobody's in his corner, CM Punk comes out and he says, I think you might be wrong about that. He says, I still have one guy. He can't fight anybody, but he can fucking noodle around backstage and he is a voice for me. And then... Paul Heyman shows up. <laughs> and Paul Heyman cuts a promo on the top guys and talk about how they ruined wrestling. And Paul Heyman fucking drops his own pipe bomb promo. And that heads into Night of Champions, correct? Yeah. So in Night of Champions, we get the triple threat with Randy, Cena, and Punk. And Triple H is the special guest enforcer. Uh, Vince McMahon's the special guest referee. But Punk does get Paul Heyman on his side. Now, Punk has all odds against him. That's the tagline for the thing is back against the wall, against all odds. Fuck TNA. They don't even get, they don't get to sue. They yeah. didn't copyright it anyway, probably. And uh, it's the Night of Champions. Randy's in there to make sure Cena wins. But Randy, there's also a little thing with Randy's like, well, if I find a shot, I'm going to pin him. Right. And that makes Cena worried. Cena's full-on heel now. He's a corporate dick, which is the way they kind of should have went, in my eyes. So we go to the triple threat, and Paul Heyman's teasing something the whole time, though. Paul Heyman is like, 
Oh, I do I have a trick. <laughs> Paul even said I might have a trick up my sleeve, and just so you know, I do have more guys. And he says that to end a raw, and everybody's confused, and no one knows what's going to happen. We get to the triple threat. They're all beating the shit out of him. Vince is even stomping on him, and Vince punches Paul Heyman right in the face. Paul drops, and then Paul grabs the microphone and says, "I need my other guy to come out now and save wrestling." Brock Lesnar's music hits, and he says, he, he does the first intro, he does, Brock Lesnar, and then he fucking comes out, the fucking music plays, and then he comes out and beats the shit out of all the top guys. Randy looks all confused, because he's in the triple threat. Brock's beating the shit out of Cena, and then fucking Randy looks around, gets a GTS, and Punk wins the world title. That's how we end Night of Champions. What do you think of that, Doug? I think it's pretty good. Now, you mean the WWE title, right? Because that's what they were going for. Yeah, the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Okay. Not the big gold belt, the other one. Gotcha. So, this makes us go to Hell in a Cell. Which is, basically, we're bringing back the Armageddon Hell in a Cell. Well, the six man? We're having the six man, and we're having it with the three top guys, Brock, Punk, and we're throwing Morris in it. Okay. And we get the Armageddon Hell in a Cell. Paul Heyman's in, in Punk's corner, but he's with Brock, too. He represents them both. And we get a big six man going into Hell in a Cell, right? Uh, you follow me? Yeah. What do you think so far, Clint? Am I screwing it up more, or am I making it better? I think you're making it better. Let's um, um, see what Rock's going to do. Have Brock doing this on a cell match, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point, because when we get into the Hell in a Cell match, and this is just as badass as the first one. We're kind of ignoring PG era. There's blood. There's brutality. There's everything that it needs to be, right. obviously. Yeah. It's a damn good match. And, but this match, what separates it from the first one is its elimination. Okay. Morrison goes first because, come on, I love the guy, but, <laughs> but come on. Morrison goes first. Eventually, uh, fucking Punk hits Randy with something, and then Randy goes. And then the final four is Triple H, Brock, Punk, and Cena. And then we get to a point where Triple H gets – F5 by Brock and loses. Mm. And then we got the three left. Cena's there. He's fighting against the two of them. And Vince is like, come on, damn it, come on, come on. And Cena, like, neutralizes Brock, hits him with the chair. And fucking Paul Heyman's cheering from the outside. And fucking, and then Brock and Punk start to get into it. But Cena's still a part of it. So he goes into the action but he gets a GTS from Punk and Cena's eliminated. The top guys are eliminated. So Vince comes in here. He says this is bullshit. He does, he's pissed off. Triple H and Randy are still in the building. They sneak their way into the cage. Cena's still there. He's laying down, but he's starting to get up. And, and Brock's like, no, this isn't. You're not taking my company away from me. And then when all this happens, Brock looks over at Punk, kicks him in the balls, Starts hitting him with the chair. The top guys start beating him up too. And then Paul Heyman's yelling at Brock. But then he looks over and gives that devious walrus face smile of his. And punches fucking... While Punk's on his knees, he looks at him and punches him right in the face. And then Brock picks him up at five. 
Hell in a Cell, Brock's the new WWE champion. And the top and guys... Brock, uh, Paul Heyman going over, screwing Punk out of the title. Yep. Punk's, he, still, he screws Punk out of the title. He helps Brock. And Brock and Heyman are their famous marriage that they've always been. And they're, and they're also with the top guys now. And this all leads into Survivor Series. And, and Punk's, Punk is freaking the fuck out. It's him against the world. But he's, he needs an entourage for Survivor Series because Brock gets all his guys. At this, and this is where all this ends pretty much. And if Punk wins, he wins the title and the top guys have to disassemble. But if Punk loses, the career is over. Okay. And he has to leave. So it's going to be Brock and how many other partners? Three? No, this isn't a Survivor Series. This is a world title match. Okay. The top guys are just in his corner. All right. Uh, and that's Triple H, fucking Randy Orton, John Cena, fucking, and Vince is there. And and Heyman. And Faxo. And Walrus. And he says, he comes out and, he, and Punk says on an episode of Raw leading up to this, he says, it feels like nobody has my back, but believe it or not, I do still have friends. And then right at that moment, we start signing a bunch of indie darlings and you get Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn pops up. Hulk Cabana pops up before, you know, they had their falling out, obviously. Hulk Cabana comes out. Kofi Kingston comes out. And he says, I got my entourage. And even though these guys aren't big and on steroids like you, they actually know how to fucking wrestle. And that's how they end the episode of Raw. So then we go into Survivor Series and have the big match. And there's a lot of back and forth. Uh, His guys go after the top guy. It's a big brawl in the ring. There's a lot of confusion. Brock almost wins a few times. Punk comes in, gets a go to sleep. But at the end of the day, him and Brock into a kind of a grappling match where Brock has him in a Kimura. He reverses the Kimura, rolls over, gets him in the Anaconda device, and wins the match. Okay. And taps Brock Lesnar out. Whoa. And that, and then, you know, we, we go from Survivor Series. That I, I'm not going to book the rest. But CM Punk, that is how I fix what the damage was. I would still have him lose the title along the way. I still have a lot of hiccups uh, for him. You know, there's a lot of adversity because I don't think he needs to be a champion throughout this whole thing. But I think it's important that he ends the champion and he also goes against the top guys in the business. And there's adversity every week. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's kind of the, that'd be the build I'd have for him. And then you let all the heels be heels and give Cena the epic heel turn that he deserves, you know? And then bring Brock in and him be the muscle. And Brock and him in Survivor Series would have been great, you know? Yeah. So for the world title with, with Heyman there and everything. So that's how I would do it. I think it's a good idea. Thank you. And I also think it gives guys like John Morrison a rub, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's how yeah. I would do it. Uh, I'm enjoying it because I definitely want to see that heel turn. Who would you say? I was going what he had the Cena Hill, he's got my attention right there. The Cena Hill turn everybody wants. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. But I think it, it gives everybody like everything they want. So you get a Cena Hill turn, you get a lot of punk. You know, you get like people that were over like Morrison rubs and like Randy gets to be a heel, which is what he's best at. Right. Vince still gets to be in front of the camera, so he's happy. 
And you know, well, as long as as long as he's happy. And it goes from the summer of punk basically into punk versus the world would be the storyline. Right. And then you know, with him getting the big one at the end. And then the top guys slowly evolve after that, and then you get a big fatal four way or something later down the line and shit like that. Yeah. But the, the yeah, that's how I do the summer of punk. Uh, I thought we all had great pitches. Yeah. No. I, this this was this was really cool because like we each took something that was kind of fumbled. Yes. And unfumbled it. Yeah, and unfumbled it a little bit. Like we are gonna do more of these like in the in the future because I got a few more. Like kind of up my sleeve that uh, I'll be too. Probably you know need to be fixed. You know, like especially like in that era. We'll definitely do more of these episodes because this was a lot of fun, and we'll see if Eric has a good one. And uh, yeah, this will be cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. So it's fun to get creative on this show, and yeah. and it's not. And we don't work for WWE. It's not like this is just fan theories, obviously. But this is what we would have done, and. It was a lot of fun. I thought we all had good pitches, so. If we were in the writer's room, maybe it would have gone a little better. Not to toot our own horn or anything. Oh, yeah, no. And I'm sure, like, certain things about mine, I'm sure fans would, like, bitch about, like, punk getting fucked over a lot. But, you know, you got to do that for the story sometimes. Right. You can't win every week, man, you know? so. Oh, God, no. I think in hindsight, all of us have good storylines. So, we're going to call it here. We want a crisp hour. Check yeah. out all our other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about going on air tomorrow, bringing back on Scripting Unlimited and previewing the NBA and NHL finals. However, they're not set yet. So, okay. Um, probably not going to Yeah, I also do... asked you about that. You know, like, <laughs> I don't huh? think I'll, I'll, I'll do, do the NBA finals, but I'll say, I was not expecting like Boston to make this short little comeback. <laughs> Yeah, it's bullshit. Yeah, so... I mean, whoever wins is getting stomped by Jokic. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I'm not going to do that. I will also make the announcement that coming up, we are going to be doing a cartoon countdown soon. Oh, yeah. Probably in July. uh, Underrated, uh, top 10 underrated cartoons. Hell, yeah. What are we doing next week on Unscripted Wrestling? Oh, yeah, that's right. I got to bring that up, right? Yeah. So, I had a couple of ideas. Now, unfortunately, we'll have to watch something because we haven't done that in a while. Okay. Either we can watch the June 1993 edition of the WCW Clash of Champions, which is the Hollywood Blondes versus Flair and Anderson, two out of three falls. Or we can do the 1997 King of the Ring, Undertaker and Farouk in the main event. Let's do 97 King of the Ring. Yeah, well, that'll actually fit because that'll be, like, closer to the uh, anniversary. Cool. So, yeah, so that's Undertaker, Farouk in the main event. Uh, The King of the Ring, where a big-nosed buffoon who would eventually boink boink the boss's daughter actually becomes King of the Ring. (laughs) Uh, We get Austin versus Shawn Michaels, the tag team champions, going after one another. Goldust versus Crush. Start of the Mankind Babyface run. Hell yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I can't wait for it. Yeah. Oh, it's going to, it's going to be fun to talk about, because to be honest with you, I've never watched this pay-per-view from start to finish. Really? Really. Holy shit. 
what we're going to do it this week. Yeah. And uh, we'll see everybody next week. Yeah, we will. All right, Clinton, thanks right. a lot. You're welcome. All right, we'll talk to you soon. All right, peace out, guys. Later. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.